Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 50th episode of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, and always joined by my co-host, Ed Carbajal. This week, we're able to bring back one of our earlier guests, uh, somebody we've been wanting to get back on the show, uh, waiting for a fight to get announced, uh, Fernando Gonzalez, the main of Femaniac. Uh, welcome back, brother. Oh, man, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I've been waiting, too, a <laughs> whole year. So. Hey, I, I, you know, it's funny. You put up a video. I mean, I, before we get into your fight, I got to yeah. talk to you because uh, you posted that video on social uh, when I was in Connecticut for the uh, the MVP daily fight. You put up that prediction. So I, I've been dying to pick your brain since I saw it. Um, uh, obviously, you, you predicted you called it how, how the outcome, but uh, he actually mentioned you at the post fight presser, too. So I just wanted your take on that whole fight. Um, yeah, um, it kind of played out exactly like I said it would, uh, he, he started getting a little frustrated too soon and he came in too soon. I thought, uh, he really didn't do much in the first round. So that's kind of what forced him to have to come in, uh, for the second and third. Um, I said he needed to throw more leg kicks and he, he barely threw in that first round. He was doing the right strategy as far as keeping the distance, keeping them on the cage where, He'd be at the end of the punch. Uh, and like in my fight, he he doesn't like to commit. He doesn't fight in that range. He doesn't, he knows he can get caught there. So uh, M, uh, MVP didn't come forward to, to land any strikes. So kind of like my fight, it was boring. And Daly was the one who should have been in trouble in that position, but didn't do anything with it. Um, but at the same time, Daly was staying away too much where he didn't throw really much of anything. So obviously with one jab or the wiggling that MVP was doing gave him that first round really doesn't, didn't throw anything either himself, but um, obviously if you're the one backing up, it, they're, they're going to go on the side of the guy that's, that's coming forward. Um, second round, he, he surprised me with the takedowns. I, I knew he would probably do it. Um, but once it was after he got kind of caught, with uh, some strikes, I felt that he won that second round uh, just because he controlled the majority of the round. Uh, yeah. But I, I knew they were going to rob that round. I think that's the one that made the most significance of the fight. That the second and the last round, the last round was kind of like um, I thought. Daly had that one kind of too. He had the takedown, and then he got reversed. And then when he went for the third takedown, he ended up on bottom, kind of. Mm -hmm. Similar to when Dan Henderson fought Rampage, he went for the takedown but ended up on bottom and they gave the fight to Rampage. So, you know, at the at, at the end of it, it's just kind of what the what the judges are seeing at the end of that fight, uh, MVP ended up on top. But realistically, yeah. this should be judged round by round. I think Daly got three out of three out of five. I think yeah. he won the second, the third, and the fourth uh, by the amount of control that he had on bottom. But um, hey, it is what it is. Yeah, uh, I mean, just so you, a lot of people in the arena kind of agree with what you just said too, um, including myself. So, but I mean, I just thought it was interesting the fact that you did that. You did that break that quick preview breakdown on your on your own social media. The fight played out how it did, 
And then um, at the post-fight presser, uh, when MVP was talking about his own frustration with the with the fight, he actually mentioned the fight he had with you. So I just think it was. I mean, it's cool and weird how how the fight game. I mean, you guys are always kind of six degrees of separation apart when it comes to like comparing fights and stuff like that. So I appreciate you doing that, man. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I not to, uh, to stay on this fight too much, but I thought it was a prime example. I mean, I think Daly gave away the first round. If he throws yeah. a couple punches, even if he doesn't land them, I think it would have been a prime ten ten round. I don't think we see enough of those in MMA, honestly, uh, where, you know, the judges can give a 10-10. And, you know, what What did uh, MVP threw like three punches and maybe landed one, maybe threw a couple yeah. kicks. And Daly literally, I don't think even threw a single strike. So, uh, yeah. you know, it could have been yeah. that. And, and even that 10th or the not the 10th round, the fifth round could have easily been a 10-10. I mean, it's just even rounds. I, I know that they don't want to have draws, especially in a tournament. Um, but there is a reason why you have alternates. And if two guys – fight to a draw then I, I think that's how a fight should be scored but um you know i want to get to your stuff but since we're on the walter white tournament and you being yeah. such a big part of, of bellator uh their their walter white class over the last you know half a decade basically um who do you see taking that tournament now that we're we're, we're moving into the you know we got rory and fitch still in the quarters but we're basically down to the final four i think most people are taking rory mcdonald to to be to beat john fitch yeah, I, I think so, too. I mean, they're both, uh, you know, Fitch doesn't really throw too many strikes. He's more more of a grinder. He's going to wrestle you, get you to the ground, and, and try to wear you out. Um, and so, I, I don't know. I, it all depends how he's going to match up with Rory's ground game. Uh, Rory, Rory has shown that he's, he's uh, very dominant in that position as well. Um, so, I would, I would definitely still lean towards uh, – Rory getting that win. Um, I, I honestly think it'll be Lima versus Rory again. Uh, but um, Lima definitely has to throw. He's He's got to throw the leg kicks to chop them down. But like also like in my fight, um, throw high kicks because that's going to take away the right hand that, that MVP lands. He's obviously got the reach. Um, in my fight, they kept saying, oh, he's, he's throwing like 50 air ball head kicks but it's mostly the threat. It's if I land perfect, but the thing is, it's going to nullify that right hand that he likes to throw. He leaps in with that right hand, closes distance with that right hand. So basically like I told guys, if they're walking forward, I tell you, walk forward, touch my shoulder. They're going to walk in easily, touch the shoulder without a problem. As soon as I start swinging that leg at your head, you're not going to walk in so easily. You're going to be hesitant to want to walk in. Mm. It's mostly the threat of that kick landing that's going to make you hesitant. So it's the same thing if Lima starts off with head kicks and starts chopping those legs down, it's not going to be that easy for him to just leap in with that right hand. And um, I, I think that's what, what Daly needed to do in this fight. A couple more head kicks to kind of nullify that right hand coming at him and, and then start working the legs. Uh, I think Lima obviously is a little bit taller, so he's got to worry less about uh, reach. But he definitely has to work those high kicks as well to make sure that he keeps that hand at bay. If he just goes all leg kicks and he can land that right hand, it's been proven. If you just chop a leg down, he's he, you can get caught with that right hand. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I would say Lima definitely needs to do that. Um, obviously, MVP is dangerous. You know, I've always, I don't really care for the guy's personality, <laughs> but as far as a fighter, he's, he's dangerous. You know, and that's why yeah. I fought him the way I did, and the same reason that that daily fought him the way he did as well. 
So, um, you, enough about uh, obviously with the the past fights and and the fights that yeah. you're not involved. in. obviously, you got one coming up really soon. Uh, it's March 9th, right? CXF uh, 17. You're, you you said you're fighting Gabriel Checo. Yeah, Gabriel Checo is uh, my opponent. It, it switched. I can't pronounce the other guy's name, but uh, his nickname is the Wrestler. Uh, they both they both competed for um, a World Series of Fighting, mm. um, RFL with with or RFA with uh, with Gabriel Checo was his most uh, the ones that he fought for the most. Um, talented grappler, he's a, he's a, a black belt in jiu-jitsu, and he likes to bang. So uh, uh, it's going to be an interesting fight. Uh, I feel my hand speed's going to going to be the difference, but uh, it's going to it's definitely going to make for an interesting fight. What um this is obviously your first time fighting for the the, the CXF. Um, yeah. I know that. Uh, I mean, do you do you know a lot about your opponent coming up here? I mean, have you do you get obviously he's had some fights that you, there's some footage on. Is he is he a striker? Is he more of a wrestler? What are you anticipating? Uh, he's more of a brawler and he likes leg locks. So he he tries mm-hmm. to go for knee bars a lot. Um, he's really like I said, he's a talented uh, BJJ guy. So. Uh, I'm expecting that that eventually he's going to try to get it to the ground. Um, so I'm working a lot of takedown defense. If we end up on bottom, all all my escapes and um, you know it's different. I I feel not. I haven't really shown my ground game as much, but I'm not so much a submission artist. More of a, a I'm going to beat the shit out of you once we're down there. So I think that makes the difference uh, when they're trying to go for things and they're trying to catch a submission and, and you're getting punched repeatedly in the face it, it kind of changes your game plan so um i, I feel that's what it's going to end up play out playing out either me finishing him on the feet if he gets the takedown I, i'm gonna i'm gonna beat him up a lot down there and and uh that'll be a wrap so are you um uh what weight class are you guys fighting at because i know sometimes you you fought at middleweight you fight at welterweight what's this fight gonna be at uh this will be at middleweight this will be 185 and then um I, my fight that I had scheduled for February got pushed back to May, and that's at 170. So um, I'm lean. I'm walking around like 190 right now. So um, I only got like about five pounds to cut, and that'll be a, a practice. <laughs> you know? So uh, after that, didn't just continue on to 170s for, for my next fight in May. Yeah, when I ran into you at the Bellator 214, I commented uh, to, to my buddy that you looked like you were in great shape. Um, I know we, we don't really know each other all that well. I, I've been around a lot of your fights though for, for over a decade now. And I, you know, I've, I've seen, I know you had, you've had some issues, whether it's your issues or, or the promotion kind of screwing you over with, with some of the weight, uh, cuts, but, um, yeah, you seem to really be in, in good shape. And I actually commented that, uh, I was curious to see what weight at. So you, so you got a small weight cut for this one. You're fighting a little bit, a guy who's going to have a little bit of size on you. Um, but that's yeah. obviously nothing new. You, you fought most of your career, uh, kind of battling that i guess yeah I, I think it'd be more the strength portion of it than the size because he's uh he's six one and you know so i'm i've fought six three six four six five guys so the the and his reach is like about 71 so it, it won't be too much of a difference as far as um what's going to land and and how high i need to be punching uh, i think it's going to be more just dealing with his his strength and um you know, making sure that he burns out before I do. And, and I think honestly that the thing that's going to make the biggest difference in the fight between us is going to be the speed. My hand speed is obviously at 170. I mean, I'm going to be a lot faster than him. 
since my body frame is, is more that weight. Um, he, he's tough. He likes to throw those heavy hands. So I just got to avoid the big punches and, and make sure that uh, I'm landing and he's not. You mentioned, did you say you had another fight lined up for May? Is that, is that what you just said? Uh, yeah, it's for ACA is uh, what they sent me. I can't remember the name of the guy. It's, it's hard to pronounce his name, but uh, it's one of their one of their stable guys that they normally have. Um, pretty much every time I've seen um, their their the video on the guy, he's he's cornered by their wrestling that wrestling coach that kind of runs the program for for all of the Russian wrestler guys. Um, so yeah, I'm you know obviously going into enemy territory, and uh, I got to be ready to finish him. I don't I don't see me winning a decision, so. Um, I definitely got to be ready to finish the guy. So I wanted to make sure I took another fight. So I'm not going over a year without a fight. And, and yeah. obviously you're going to have some people say they don't get the jitters, but I don't really get jittery. And as, as I'm afraid of the, of a fight, cause I love fighting, but my timing seems to be off. Like when I fought MVP, I was nine months off mm. uh, from the fight. And that threw my timing off in the first round where the second and third, I was ready to go forward and, and start moving forward. But, uh, I think I could have did that a little bit sooner in the first round and it would have played a difference, but you know, it is what it is. And that's how, how I know nerves do come into a play just because your timing's off. You know, you don't want to throw something against somebody that talented and, and, uh, and give them the upper hand in that, in that way. You know, I'm finding that more and more, actually, uh, more, more fighters I talk to, like almost you're probably like the fourth or fifth fighter I spoke to in the last two weeks that has mentioned how how inactivity kind of messes messes with your timing in the actual fight when you're not when you don't have fights lined up um so obviously you're doing the the cxf on the on the in march and then you have this one coming up in may would you uh i i saw you shared uh the uh ray Seffel's announcement about the esps espn thing with the pfl did you ever reach out to anyone there and try to get involved with something like that? Because, I mean, you know, there's that 10-month period or so where they have guys constantly busy to fight. Yeah, um, the thing the thing is, is obviously if I can if I can stay in the States, I'm going to try to stay in the States. Right now, uh, ACA has, they made an offer, but there's no contract yet. So mm. um, I had talked to Vinny, Vinny Magalanche. He's an old training partner of ours. And uh, he just competed for for the title or for the ch- uh, title and the the million dollars. Yeah, uh, didn't go his way, but you know it is it is what it is. Uh, I had talked to him and and um, he had put in a word for me with Ray Seffo, and they said basically I'm on a losing streak right now, so I got to get a win. Mm. Uh, I felt I won the last fight, but it, again, like I said, if if I ain't finishing these guys, I don't see me winning a fight uh, on on a decision overseas. Yeah. So. That's yeah. always uh, something that's playing playing in my head, in the back of my head. So I'll, if I can if I can stay in the states, and um, obviously if I get this win and if it's impressive, I'm hoping that that they will put me on the PFL and uh, go from there. Because um, I, I prefer to stay where I can have my fan base, all my family and friends. Obviously Vegas ain't that far, um, yeah. so it, it may, make it a fun trip out of it and get, get people there to to support me. Yeah, that really sucks because the last, I mean, I remember you documented pretty well your, your, uh, your, the problems you had getting to Russia for the last time we talked to you after the, for that fight. I mean, it's pretty, uh, that was a rough time. I mean, how, how do you even, uh, I mean, obviously 
fighters are different than than we are me- mentally you know regular folks watching the fights but i mean obviously how did you how did you keep it together for for going through stuff like that to get to the other side of the world and then have to fight when you get there after all those problems um you know the dealing with those issues uh, honestly now that i look back it, it just makes me a stronger person it's you got to go through stuff and and you're gonna you're gonna be a stronger fighter if you if you mm-hmm. can make it through you know um I'm sure they those some of those guys have gone through the same thing coming this way. So it just was on the the shoe was on the other foot this time. So <laughs> yeah, for me it it wasn't so much the the problems. It was once I got there, I didn't really have too much time to acclimate. I got there the day before weigh-ins, like a couple hours maybe. I was like midday. Uh, took a took a nap, woke up, started cutting. Next day I had to weigh in next day I had to fight, you know? So yeah, the acclimation is what I think hurt me the most because one, um, same thing, you know, I, I was picking him apart. Uh, he was a bigger guy. I was getting in, getting out, uh, for the most part, he landed maybe some leg kicks, but none of, none of his hands actually landed on me. Um, but when I, I, in the third round or yeah, it was a second or third round. I caught him with a left hook. I saw him doing the dance, you know, he's starting to wobble. And my body just went flat. Like I, I was like flat, completely flat where I just felt like I, I was done fighting. You know, <laughs> like I hit him, he, he started wobbling. And instead of me closing, like I normally do to finish the fight, I, I stayed at distance and, and just kind of, I was flat after that. I was flat. Um, I still felt I was winning. Uh, he got maybe a, a two takedowns in the whole fight. And each one was maybe 10 seconds. Uh, the first one I got back up, the second one was right at the end of the round. Uh, um, so, you know, it is what it is. I, I, yeah. I felt that I won that fight, especially after catching them and wobbling them. But it was up to me to finish and, and make sure that I that I got the, the secure victory, you know. And um, that's why I think that's the only thing that kind of affected me with the with the traveling portion. But, you know, it, it is what it is. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like Max Holloway over here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember watching the fight and, and there was a couple of the rounds were real close. I do remember you wobbled him and, and I thought you won it, but it was one of those fights where it was going to be a close decision either way. Um, I particular, I think the first round, if I remember was really, uh, was one that was kind of like, you didn't really know how the judges were going to see it. But like you said, I mean, you were in England, uh, you're fighting, uh, Peter Strauss, um, you know, and you're fighting for a Russian organization. So you're, you're being an American, you're, you're going to catch the, the low end most likely, even if, if it's not in, in Russia itself. But um, the fans, uh, if they don't know, ACB has merged with uh, World Championship Fighting Akhmat, um, which is actually the organization that Virgil Zwickers fought for. He fought uh, Alexander Emelianenko uh, under their banner. So they've merged together now. Um, that happened, I want to say, sometime in about july or so your fight was in may it is um i know they're doing some reshuffling and they've only had a couple events since the the merger did they hold you under uh i mean did they did they hold you to your contract where were you just have you just been waiting for a fight or was it just um was it was it your choice or were they kind of kind of holding you back from getting other fights uh you know in the last nine months or so when before it merged it was acb and so in the process of them merging that's when they were kind of, they weren't holding me back from fighting, but once you're under contract, there's no other promotion, especially in the States that are going to give somebody a, a, a real no name, like somebody like, um, 
that would probably take a fight with me. Most guys, they, they don't want to fight me right now because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a tough fight for them. If they're trying to build their name, um, it's not a smart fight to take with me. And, and the promotion can't really, it kind of, it kind of just puts a pause on us because if I'm, I'm, if I can only sign for one fight, then they lost somebody that they're trying to build. So that's kind of what I was running into. If, if I was able to stay with them and have three fights, four fights, then more likely I already would have had a fight. But uh, when I'm, I'm only scheduling one at a time and have to get approval, then it makes it difficult. But uh, once they merge legally, they can't hold me because it went from ACB to ACA. So it's a completely different promotion now. So that's what allowed me and freed me up to be able to do the CXF because I'm no longer under contract with them legally. And then it's probably easier for CXF to want to do a deal with you for a one fight um, because you're going to bring, you're going to bring eyes to their event. They're a, they're more of a locally based California uh, yep. event. So, um, you know, but be, with you and Checho, who's, uh, who's our uh, RFA and an LFA veteran they're they're bringing some names to the, to the table there that'll, that'll probably help, help sell some tickets. That event's going to be at the Florentine gardens in Hollywood, California. Um, I know you can uh, look up Fernando, uh, Menifee Maniac, uh, uh, and probably get tickets through you if uh, any of the local Southern California fans are looking. Do you know if the fight's on Fight TV? Is there a stream for that? Do you know? Uh, you know, they, they haven't said anything to me just yet about it, uh, of any of that, but I know they post pretty much all their fights on, on uh, YouTube and stuff like that. So if anybody wants to catch it later, it'll be on there. Um, come see it live. <laughs> I've been training my ass off for for a couple months now. So I'm going to, I'm definitely going to give the guys a show and, and, and uh, I'm looking for a knockout cause I need to make it impressive. So, so PFL wants to pick me up <laughs> or UFC, it don't matter whoever. <laughs> I know when I was, uh, I was doing a little bit of boxing with Virgil a couple months yeah. back and he was really uh, kind of getting hyped on the bare knuckle stuff, the bare knuckle boxing. Is that something I'm imagining that's come across your, your table there. Is that something you'd be interested in or is that, um, I mean, I know your your hands. You've you've uh, had a kickboxing bout with Paul Daly um, yeah. in Bellator. Is is that something you would you you'd think about, or is uh, you more focused just on the MMA scene? I'm more. I'm honestly. I'm still focused on mostly MMA, but obviously, it's um, they they had mentioned uh, when it was uh, when Brendan Ward dropped out from fighting a uh, uh, Johnny Hendricks. Johnny Hendricks. When he fought Johnny, was supposed to fight Johnny Hendricks they were offering like 40 and 40 or 50 grand or something like that. If it's those kind of numbers and yeah, I'll, I would definitely take something like that, but um, you know, it kind of sucks, but I heard they weren't really paying the guys out what, what they promised. So yeah. I don't think, like, anybody, like, I don't think anybody got paid for that show. The other yeah, so owners like, getting yeah. sued and there's a lot of, a lot of problems with that one, but that's the, I think that's the world bare knuckle fighting uh, yeah. championship and the the other one the uh, the bare knuckle fighting okay the other one's the federation's the bad one the fighting championship is the one that <laughs> yeah uh, is actually had uh, four or five successful shows and and uh, i think they just signed i know they just signed chris lieben who was on the the card that the fighters didn't get paid so yeah uh, and see yeah, so it's like things like that as a fighter is like we're risking our you know obviously you're going to take more damage with cuts and stuff like that that can affect a future fight you know like you get a cut here you're split open then you fight again on the next one that one splits open again you know what i mean you, you can lose a fight over something that you probably didn't even get paid for so 
that's the only thing that 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 troubled me. So unless I know for for a fact that I'm getting paid, then then yeah, I would I would take something like that. But uh, obviously, it's got to be good pay. If it's not it's not forties and fifty grand like they they were saying, then it's not really worth it. I'll keep doing what I'm doing and and stacking up, uh, just building my brand and MMA and obviously kickboxing. I, I've always wanted to do boxing, so any one of those uh, I would be interested in doing. Well, the bare knuckle seems to be a lot of the MMA guys doing bare knuckle seems to be a lot of guys whose MMA careers have basically come to an end. Chris Lytle, Chris Lieben, whereas you're right, you know, still in your prime as far as being a competitor. So um, them getting a cut that takes them out for six months doesn't you know affect them as much as as it would you trying to, to work your way up the ladder in the MMA world. So that does make sense. But maybe something you'll look at a couple years down the line when you when you kind of decide to move on from MMA. I don't know. I don't know how it'll grow. Yeah. It seems to be fairly successful, but like you say, if they start paying $80,000 to win, then, you know, that's, that's some good coin for a, for a nine minute bout or a 10 minute bout. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's fair. I mean, these guys are putting on a, a one, they're risking their lives and their careers a lot. You know, they're, they're going to shorten their careers a lot faster uh, taking that kind of damage. But um you know, like I like you're saying, uh, later on down the line, more likely I, I would probably do something. But uh, right now, I just I'm loving what I'm doing. I'm back in the I'm still in the room learning. And uh, the reason I'm also on this card is uh, Joe Stevenson. He's one of our, our new head coaches here at, at Team Quest. So uh, he's definitely putting a lighting a lighting a fire under all of our asses and, and making sure that that we're ready. You know, that's one another thing, uh, like you're saying, I, I, once I knew I didn't have a fight, I, I just knew I had to do something to kind of get back in the groove and, and get my weight down. Like, uh, you know, I, I had trouble with, with the, uh, Bellator with that stuff, but at the end of it, it's, it's still up to me to make sure that I was close to weight. So that way those issues never came up, but, um, I've learned, you know, you live and learn and that's what it, what I had to do. And, and I'm I'm on I'm on weight now, so I'm five pounds away from weight now. So, nice. um, you know, I, I'm just gonna keep keep doing what I'm doing and, and keep dropping the weight, make sure that I'm at least at 180 uh, after this fight, so I can make a 10 pound cut or less. Yeah, nice. there's a Krispy Kreme and a Dunkin' Donuts in Menifee now. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> I'm at the Magna. I, I live in, I live in Menifee, but I train over here. You know. <laughs> Why you got to bring that up? The guys, the guys watching his way, and you're talking about Krispy Kreme. No, Cream. I know. We're always joking about Krispy Kreme with some yeah. of these guys, though. Yeah, um, that's true. I put on three pounds because of Krispy Kreme. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> so, but, uh, uh, I don't, uh, yeah, go ahead, Ed. Sorry, because uh, you're talking about learning and stuff, and the stuff that that Joe's got you doing in the gym. You mentioned um, with your opponent with Checo, uh, he's got he's uh, somebody that likes le- leg locks. Um, yeah. How are you guys handling? Because I mean. I, I know it's not just you guys do MMA, but like obviously in the grappling circuit, leg locks are like the the go to thing now. So I mean, when you when you know you're gonna fight a leg locker, how how seriously do you train the defenses and escapes for leg locks? I mean, do you just capitalize positions so you can be on top and pound away, or are you looking to escape completely? Like like uh, how do you how do you how do you look to handle something like that? I always, it, it's a little bit of everything. You know, I'm, I'm, I love to strike, but I, I always put myself in the bad position just in case we end up there. So yeah, I, I've been working a lot of escapes. Obviously one of the best ways to escape a leg lock is punch the dude in the face, <laughs> yeah. make sure that I'm in the right position to do so. 
So that's that's kind of what we've been working on, making sure that I'm in the right position. If he starts attacking, to circle and get to the right position and make sure I'm able to land those strikes to make him, make him want to go to something else. Uh, if we end up on bottom, I'm very very confident with my ground game. That uh, even even if if even though he's a black belt in jujitsu, I feel I can hang with him there and, and be able to beat him up if we stay there. Um, I'm more of an MMA guy, so even though I'm, I know my jiu-jitsu, I know I'm going to beat the crap out of most of the guys that get on the ground with me that try to straight jiu-jitsu me, you know? So uh, my conditioning is ready for it. And um, like I said, uh, anybody that's local, don't miss the fight because it's going to be an exciting war. So I know you got your, your training you got to get to, but real quick, I'd like to get a couple of your uh, predictions for the big UFC event this weekend, if, if you don't mind. Um we got Robbie Lawler making uh, facing uh, Ben Askren, who's making his his UFC debut. Um, how do you see that fight going? Uh, they, well, they it's kind of hard to say because Robbie's dealt with so many injuries with knees and stuff like that too. So it's all going to depend on how body how his body's going to hold up. He's proven that he can knock out pretty much anybody. <laughs> so um, you know, Askren's got to definitely be able to close the distance without getting, without getting hurt. You know, if, uh, if, if it ends up on the ground for two minutes, three minutes, I'm going to give the fight to Askren because that guy wears your ass out when you're on bottom. Once you get to the bottom, he's kind of, he's letting you up, pulling you down, letting you up, pulling you down. The only thing is he doesn't throw too many strikes once he's there. But um, if I had to predict, I, I would, I would go with Askren just because he's, He's a talented wrestler. I, I love Robbie Lawler, but he's been taken down many times. You know, that's how he lost to uh, uh, Hendricks. And, and Hendricks doesn't have the best hands either. So uh, he just got – he's got a lot of power, but but doesn't have the best combinations. And I would say um, Askren has way better wrestling. So I, I think if he gets him down, he's he's going to grind it out and, and gas him out. Yeah, I I, uh, I think Askren's going to take him down a bunch in the first couple rounds. Um, Askren does have a problem, though, a bit gassing against some of the, the guys who are able to, to survive. Um, yeah. Initially, I thought Askren would win this fight fairly easily, but I'm starting to lean towards Lawler finishing him in the third round, um, perhaps getting after Askren. Because I don't see Askren finishing Robbie Lawler, um, unless it's some kind of crazy crucifix submission or or something like that, or, or maybe even punches from a crucifix, something where he catches him in a, in a really odd position. Um, yeah. I, but I don't think he submits him or anything like that. So, you know, I'm going to go with Lawler by, by TKO uh, late in the fight. How about you, Ed? Oh, no, uh, uh, Askren. I'm going to Askren uh, just by wrestling him to death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's boring, you know what I mean? I wish he would throw more strikes. <laughs> yeah. if, he was Khabib, if he was doing what Khabib does, where he's nonstop punching, 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 uh, it'd be a different a different style, but I mean, obviously they brought Askren in, so eventually they're gonna make that fight with with Khabib. I think that's why he's in the UFC now. Uh, they want to see who the best wrestler is, you know. And uh, he's proven. I the thing is with with Askren is that that grindiness where he's letting you halfway up and then dragging your ass back down. That is that not only breaks you mentally, but it's it wears you physically. And yeah. I think that's what people aren't really taking into consideration. Um, and, uh, you know, you kind of have to go through it a lot, of, a lot of years 
<laughs> to to develop the strength to be able to to kind of deal with it mentally. If you're just doing it in one fight, it, it I think he's gonna break and and he's gonna chalk it up to the next one. What do you, how do you see the the Walter Waite title fight with uh, Tyron Woodley and uh, Kamar Usman going? What do you got in that one? I would say I would definitely say uh, I still got Woodley. I think his punching and his MMA, like even though they wrestle, uh, I still th- I feel that Woodley throws a lot more and hits a lot more. Um, and obviously he can wrestle too. So, and then wrestling with Askren, he's dealt with that kind of pressure. So Usman does maybe half of what what uh, Askren does on the ground, uh, just with a little bit more strikes, you know. Um, so I see him getting up and, and being able to out wrestle him and out strike him even on bottom. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I, I think I'm on the same page there. Yeah, I feel like Woodley's just a better version of Usman, um, and Usman mm-hmm. might get there at some point in his career, but they're, they're real similar. I just think Woodley is is more seasoned and, and a bit more dangerous from from everywhere really whether it's on the ground or standing so and then the main event uh john jones anthony smith i think this is a fairly easy one to pick i'd love to see anthony smith win just for the shakeup and and what it would do to the to the ufc but i i just can't see it happening as much as i'm, I'm not a huge john jones fans I, I gotta go with him by probably fairly quick finish uh what do you say fernando i i wouldn't say a quick finish i think uh Maybe second and third, but I, I'm hoping the same thing. I'm hoping that uh, that Anthony gets it. Um, I think he's more dangerous than mo- most of the guys that that John's faced, just because he's willing to do some of the dirty shit that John does. Yeah, you know, like stomping the knee out, stuff like that. If you do it to him, I think he's gonna do the same thing back. Yeah. If not, he's gonna do it first, just because he knows that Jones is gonna be able to. He's gonna start doing that. You know. So if you go into the fight knowing that somebody stomps your knee, I'm probably going to, if it's me, I'm going to stomp your knee out first before you do it to me, you know? Um, and obviously Jones, his legs are a lot longer. So that's the first thing that he can attack is that leg. So I, I would see Anthony being able to, or starting to deep the knee. And, and then um, if he does get the win, I, I would see him attacking that leg. And then Jones trying to close distance more. So it, it kind of nullifies it. And then that'll put him in the position to be able to uh, catch uh, John. Um, I think, I think, um, honestly, I'm still going to go with uh, Anthony Smith. I'll go with Anthony Smith just because I think they're, they're going to do that, that strategy as if you're going to play me dirty, I'll fight you dirty back. And uh, if he does do that, he'll, he'll have to step in to avoid the uh, getting his knee stomped. And that'll put him in the position to get caught. And I think uh, Anthony has a little bit better uh, striking than than Jones. Jones has good elbows, but uh, they they come like one or two. It's hardly ever in combination mm-hmm. where Anthony throws with speed and combos. So, yeah, I'm going I'm going with with uh, Anthony Smith on this one. I love it. Well, great Mexican minds think alike because I'm going with Anthony, <laughs> Anthony Smith. I'm going with Anthony Smith too. Only because, I, I mean, everything Fernando said, plus I think he's got the durability and uh, he's just got the killer instinct to, to move forward and, and take the damage to give it, to dish it out. So so I feel like the, 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 no, I, no one can carry that zero forever. And I think the, uh, I think John Jones has run his course. Yeah, and reach-wise, too, I think reach, uh, it's a little bit closer. You know, even, even though Gustafson um, could have fought him there, but 
he doesn't, he, Gustafson doesn't, he won't play the dirty game. You know, it's if you're, if you're in that game and they're going to fight you dirty, you got to fight dirty back. It's just the way it is. If, if you're going to go against one of the best guys in the world and he fights that way, you better be able to fight him the same way. Um, so I think, I think Anthony has that in him where he's like, all right, dude, I know you're going to fight me dirty, so I'm going to do it first. And if it's legal, I think he'll, he'll be able to do it. Nice. Well, thanks for joining us, Fernando. Um, again, you have a fight coming up uh, March 9th, Florentine Gardens, Hollywood, California, for California Extreme Fighting. That's CXF. Um, you want to throw out your uh, your handles on Instagram or Twitter so people can get a hold of you if they want to get tickets or, or just follow you in general? Uh, yeah, if you, uh, you guys want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, it's at Maniac, And, um, yeah, CXF17 and Florentine Gardens. Come check it out, guys. I got tickets here at Dan Henderson's Athletic Fitness Center in Temecula. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to to all my sponsors, SeaVac, uh, Dr. Toy, Chiropractic, and um, SoCal Fresh Prep, who obviously they've been keeping me lean for, for a couple of years now and uh, helping me out to, to make sure that I'm eating healthy. Um, uh, Espinoza Cleaning and Sweep, Esparza Plastering, r and Roofing, um, Venom, who's, who's my, my sponsor for, for my fight shorts. And, and they've been with me for, for some, some fights now. So I'm very grateful to those guys and everybody that's helped me out. Heritage Tattoo. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys for everything. And, and um, I'm going to put on a show for you guys. So don't miss it. Nice. And uh, if any local fans are listening in the Southern California area, I believe Sam Alvey has a, uh, as a charity event this Saturday at Dan Henderson's event for the wounded warriors. Um, yeah. I saw it it's on post on Instagram. So I think it's from one to three o'clock. All proceeds go to the wounded warriors. So if you're in the area, stop by Dan Henderson's fitness center, say hi to the fighters and, uh, and help out some of the wounded warriors. Uh, fans can always follow us at combat hour myself at MMA Hawk 21 on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Ed at Carbazal on Twitter and at Carbeerzal on Instagram. Uh, this was our 50th show. Uh, it's been a heck of a run. Thanks for everybody that stayed with us. Uh, thanks for joining us, Fernando. And we look forward to hearing from you after you uh, pick up the victory in a couple of weeks and get prepared for your next bout, uh, whether it's in May or sometime in the near future. Awesome, brother. Thank you, guys. And I appreciate you guys always, man. I, I... You know, anytime I can get my my fights out there and obviously speak about MMA, I love it. And uh, I'm sitting outside the gym right now, so I'm ready to get in there and get some work in and and make sure I secure this victory. So as soon as I do, I'll definitely come back on here. Just hit me up, and I'll be I'll be here for you guys. Awesome, cool, thank man. you, man. Appreciate it. Awesome, brother. Thank you, guys. All right, have a good night. You too. Gonna stop the recording. Hey y'all, East Coast Ed here. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can be a monthly supporter for as little as ninety-nine cents a month. This podcast will always be free, but if you help Matt and I out for future episodes, supporters will be shouted out on the show and Large supporters will be randomly selected to do predictions for a big pay-per-view event in the future. So please click the support tab and enjoy the show.